If you're here tonight and you did not have the opportunity to partake of the Lord's Supper, if you'll make your way back to the little chapel at this time, somebody will be there to serve you. All right, the books of the Bible. You ready? Genesis. Exodus,
brother used to go fishing. Wow. I want to go fishing with your brother. All right, let's do our call. One, two, three. Jesus loves me. One, two, Just a few announcements. First of all, thank you for being here. We've got a good crowd tonight, and uh, we are so honored that you're here, especially if you are visiting with us tonight. Thank you for coming, and I uh, hope you'll make it a point to be with us as often as you can. Just a few updates tonight. Remember our last leaders kickoff tonight in the annex, and I really want to encourage parents and grandparents of children that have not really participated to be at that meeting tonight. You really need to be there just to look at some things and I wanna encourage you strongly uh, to do that. Plan to be there for our Lads to Leaders kickoff tonight. Also, the Golden Circle, we're gonna be going to the dinner bell for lunch tomorrow. Uh, we'll leave here at the building from at 10.30. Also, the men's shootout is this coming Saturday. Uh, and so there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer also, if you are in the Golden Circle and want to go to Amish country on October the 6th, please sign the list in the foyer. Also, uh, EYC and CYC sign-up sheets are in the foyer, and uh, you need to sign up now if you plan to go to that. That's all the announcements that I have tonight following my prayer. Uh, Sully's going to come and lead us in our song uh, to go to class tonight for the teachers. Will you bow with me? Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the day. Thank you for all you've done for us. We pray that our worship today has been acceptable into your sight. We're so thankful for this congregation and for the opportunity we have to worship together, to fellowship with one another, and we are so thankful for each member. Father, we pray your blessings upon this congregation, upon our elders as they lead us in the way we should go. Be with our deacons, our Bible class teachers, and so many here, Father, that are involved in the work of this church. Father, we're mindful of so many that are sick that we know of that need our prayers. We pray that uh, you would bless them. And Father, for those that have lost loved ones, we pray that your hand of comfort and consolation will be upon them. Father, help us to always glorify you in all things. And it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Blue skies and rainbows and sunbeams from heaven are what I can see. When the Lord is living me, I know that Jesus is well and alive today. He makes his home in my heart. Nevermore will I be all
Could I have, well, this is a hot mic right here. Could I have two helpers, maybe, to distribute papers? One to kind of run this aisle, another one to run this aisle. Okay, got JT. And Chris, look at that, father and son duo. Okay. Let's see. I don't know if, if there's a couple more at my... Okay, I want you to distribute these packets like just like that. Okay. Thank you. Well, here's the rest of them. Okay. There are 100 copies here, so I think there's probably enough for everybody to have one. If you're making the booklet that I recommended, you have the Job material, and maybe you have a, a little binder you're putting them in. I've already, these are already punched, so all you got to do is slip that in there. And this one's got several pages to it, and I'm going to explain to you what all you have in your hands here in a few minutes. Before we do that, we're going to go over our list of sick people quickly, and if you have someone that you would like to add at the end, I'll put them on there, and we'll be praying for them shortly. Irene Baker has terminal cancer. Austin Wentz is getting another treatment this week. He gets them every couple of weeks. It's a long-term series of treatments. Wade Davis is still missing after these 15 months. Bobby Petty. And Paul Rollison are friends of Joe Garrett's. They both have cancer. Lex and Regina Crossan have several health problems. Marty Woodruff and his wife Donna have cancer. Eli Johnson's undergoing radiation treatments. Ann Langford's a friend of Lisa Peets. She's got several health problems they're trying to remedy. Emma Hutton has cancer. Uh, Paula Nichols has pancreatic cancer. Sharon Strickland and Grayson Miller have cancer. Uh, Linda was not here today. There she is. I missed you this morning. Were you here? You were here? Okay, yeah, he was up front there. Okay, peace. Well, I'm glad you're here. So, hey, we're almost finished, yeah? Three more. That's great. I hope we get good results from that. Barbara Foster has breast cancer. Remember the Woodrow's dealing with some problems. Pray Lynette gets a good job. Larry Muse is also a friend of Joe's. He has colon cancer. Lennox Kenimer and Micah McBrayer. I remember them and their families. Sybil Tolleson has Alzheimer's. Uh, Jerry uh, was, had surgery this week. He had have uh, kidney stones surgically removed. Jeremy Owens, Rita's son, in recovery. Sherry Floyd's doing great. I'm back in two shoes. Back in two shoes. Mm, call you Sherry Two Shoes. Okay, so I'm going to leave you on here just temporarily to remind me to thank God for that. Uh, Loxley Eaton has cancer. Joanne Roberts has neuropathy. Eddie Kraft is undergoing treatments for liver cancer. Treva Brown's brother Michael's undergoing rehab. Jayla Ross had a, a terrible uh, injury 
from an accident. She's at Shepherd's Clinic in recovery, uh, going through treatments there. Susan Wood's been diagnosed with breast cancer. Uh, Johnny Derrick has lung cancer. Sammy Barnett undergoing tests. Monique Brown's a friend of Missy's. She has breast cancer. Anybody else need a packet? Okay, doing pretty well there. Thank you for handing those out. Norma Hemwell's been really sick, and Joan is her caregiver. Joy Jamison is recovering. Thank you, guys. Father and son team, didn't they do a good job? Really appreciate that. Yeah, you are. I have to separate you two. <laughs> Uh, Martha Eaton has been here the last couple of services. She's in recovery from a stroke. Lisa Griffin's mother had breast cancer surgery. Kathy Owens has been really sick. He's sick too now. Oh, he is? Yeah. Okay. He's got cold or flu or something real bad. Been to the doctor twice. Okay. His, what's his name? Butch. Butch. It's a nickname. Uh, Dennis Brown had a lung transplant. They discovered in the midst of that he had a hole in his heart. They've repaired that at Vanderbilt, but he is going to basically be in residence there through Christmas. So the whole family's making adjustments about that. Uh, remember the Brumleys in um, their new addition? Uh, Reba, how's Reba? Hughes. Okay. All right. Uh, she fell last week, broke her arm, um, has some bruising from that. Uh, Zach Coates is a young father. Uh, he had a major stroke. He, uh, he's been in the hospital in Tupelo. Uh, the family of Janiah Agnew, she is a, was a freshman at Saltilla. And she died in her sleep, complications of diabetes. That happened last week. Funeral was this past week. Mike Ross. Uh, pardon? Terry. I told the wrong boy, Terry. So Mike. Terry Ross instead of Mike. Okay. Okay, Terry Ross needs a liver transplant. Sean Crum needs a liver and kidney transplant. Junior Wilson has pancreatic cancer. Allie Johnson's undergoing chemo. Jonathan Bishop has extensive cancer, had surgery this past Monday. Zach Wildman's wife died of cancer. They have a, a young child. Sister of Mary King, who's a friend of Lisa Peaks, died on Friday. Billy Deaton, so he's, he's had several procedures to try and get him ready for this heart valve replacement, and that was scheduled to happen in a couple of weeks, but today uh, he had some serious kidney problems, and they uh, have admitted him to the hospital in Tupelo, so hope all that goes well. And then while I have you gathered here, the Golden Circle is having 
a multiple-day trip. That's coming up pretty soon. It's into Tennessee and Kentucky. There's a list of locations that they're planning to go. That's going to happen on November the 2nd. If you are wanting to go, please sign the list so we have a good number of folks interested. So leave on the 2nd around 9.30 a.m. and coming back on the 4th, arrive back around 2.30. Anybody else put on the list? Yes, Mickey. What's the last name? Like R-H-I-N-E? Okay, Ryan. Yes, I just took her off my list. You know that because you saw she wasn't on the list. I just took her off thinking that all is well. It's not all well. Okay. All right. Let's. Oh yes. I take him off the list too. I put. I meant. I put B. And I think it changed it. Okay, let's have our prayer, and then we'll begin our study. Father, thank you for a beautiful day, a beautiful series of days. We thank you for this first day of the week and our time together in worship and the opportunity that we have this afternoon to study together from your word. I pray that all these things that we participate in, the Bible studies, the activities, the, the opportunities to exercise our faith. Father, I pray that it's helping us to grow spiritually as individuals, to also help us to grow closer together and just be a vibrant body of yours here in Boonville. We pray, Lord, for these people who are sick, who all have connections to our members, and when one suffers, we all suffer together in it. So we're, we're concerned about every single one of these people. We pray for Irene Baker and her family as she goes through the throes of her cancer. Bless Austin Wentz that he'll have good days as he undergoes his treatments. We pray for the Davis family as they are still at a loss as to what's happened with Wade. 
We pray for Bobby Petty and Paul Rollison who have cancer. Bless the Crossons who have health problems. We pray for Marty Woodruff and Donna Woodruff as they both have cancer. Pray your blessings on Eli Johnson as he undergoes his treatments. Be with Ann Langford that she can find relief from her many problems. We pray for Emma Hutton, Paula Nichols, Sharon Strickland, Grayson Miller, who all have cancer. We're thankful, Lord, that Linda has borne up under all these treatments and now has three to go. And we, we pray, Lord, that all of this has been worth it to rid her body of this disease. Bless Barbara Foster, who has breast cancer. Be with the Woodrows and bless them according to their needs. Pray for Larry Muse, another friend of Joe's who has cancer. Bless the Kenimer and McBrayer family as they have children that have cancer. Pray for Sybil Tollison and her caregivers. Pray for Jerry uh, Ligon, who's had his surgery. We pray he's gotten the relief that he needed and is recovering well. Be with Jeremy Owens in his recovery. And we rejoice that Sherry's doing so much better. And we just pray, Lord, that she'll get, continue to get stronger every day and that this bad episode in her life will just be a memory. Pray for Loxley Eaton, who has cancer. Bless Joanne Roberts, that she can find some relief. Pray for Eddie Kraft, who has cancer. Bless Trevor Brown's brother, Michael, who's in rehab. Pray for Jayla Ross, that her rehab will go well and she'll regain her normal function. Bless Susan Wood, who has breast cancer. Bless Johnny Derrick, who has cancer. Sammy Barnett, who's undergoing tests. Bless Monique Brown as she has breast cancer. Pray for Christy Nash and whatever treatment she might be receiving. Pray she'll have good days. Be with Norma Hemwell that her health could improve and bless Joan as she cares for her. Pray your blessings on Joy Jameson and his recovery. Be with Rhonda Lansdale who has breast cancer. We're thankful that Martha's been back with us after she had this stroke, we pray that any deficit she has experienced will go away and her health will be restored to her. Bless Lisa Griffin's mother. Bless Kathy Owens, who's been very sick. And we also pray for her husband, Butch, that he'll recover too. Be with the family of Dennis Brown, who now kind of have their lives in turmoil because of his health. And we just pray that everything can work out to his benefit physically, but also the just coordinating uh, their circumstances. We pray for the Brumleys and to look for them back soon. Bless Riva Hughes, who fell and injured herself. Bless Zach Coates, who's recovering from a stroke. We pray for the family of Janai Agnew and the grief that they're experiencing in her unexpected death. We pray for Terry Ross who needs a liver transplant. We pray that that will happen quickly. And also for Sean Crum who needs kidney and liver. Bless Junior Wilson who has pancreatic cancer. Allie Johnson who's undergoing chemo. We pray for Jonathan Bishop who has extensive can cancer and 
pray that the surgery was helpful and that he recover from that quickly. Uh, be with uh, Zach Wildman's family and the death of his wife had cancer for four years and we pray for their young child. Bless the sister of Mary King. We pray for the family of Mary King, or the, her, her sister, and, and her death. And we pray comfort for the family and pray for Lisa to be an encouragement to them. We pray for Billy Deaton, who has had some complications. We pray that it's just a temporary setback and that he's going to get treatment that will help him to heal, get ready for further treatments. Be with Gary Ryan, who has cancer. Uh, Mickey's really good friend. And Lord, the, you know, prognosis is terrible, but doctors can be wrong. We just pray that maybe something they've overlooked can, can help this situation. Pray for Floor Warner, who's not well not adjusting to her new living circumstances, just kind of depressed. We pray for Rick and his support of her and pray that uh, something, something will help just pick her up and make her happy with her situation. Pray for Gabe George, who's had just compounded problems, and we pray for the results that are coming back on the scans he had. We just pray, Lord, that whatever they've discovered is the problem, that it's treatable, and uh, that he can find some relief from that. And be with Abby. She's just spread so thin with uh, him and her sister. And We just thank you for the love and patience that she's had despite the difficulties. We pray, Lord, that you will bless us tonight as we're studying together. And help us to equip ourselves to the degree that when we study these books that you will give us the mindset of accepting the things that we read in the scriptures to the degree that we'll just become very wise in the scriptures. And thank you for the blessing that comes through the promises of that. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, the first thing I want to do is talk to you about this packet of information that I've given you. And it's, it's similar so far as the layout is concerned to the Job section. And Lord willing, the plan is to have Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon in similar fashion. So you'll have a reader's guide to the book. I'll have a synopsis of the book. Now... Also with, like with the Psalms, there's another feature that I have included here. Now, did you look at this synopsis? Did you go through that? I basically outlined, if not every chapter, what I've tried to do is at least, especially toward, in the fifth book, there are a lot of Psalms that are very similar, work together. So sometimes I'll group those together and give a general explanation of what's going on, but... Um, every, single, every single one of the psalms is represented here in this packet of information that you have. And then there's this added stuff like categorizing the psalms. 
I told you that it's really impossible to, you know, topically analyze these books. However, okay, they do deal with topics, and there are statements that are made that are really helpful in us understanding a whole lot of things. Um, this first section is just a breakdown of general categories of psalms. You have psalms that are lamentations or complaints. The psalmist is just like, you know what, I hate what I've seen, and Lord, please help me get through it. Help me to make sense of it all. Uh, another thing, uh, psalms of thanksgiving. Psalms of thanksgiving are powerful, and when you read them, it all reminds us that a lot of our prayer life should be what kind of praying? I just gave it away, kind of. Being, just being thankful. Just like Sherry, how long have we been praying for Sherry? It's been a long time. But I keep praying for her. She needed it, wouldn't you? But now that she's in two shoes, man, I'm thankful, aren't you? And I want God to know that I'm thankful. That's the kind of thing you're going to find in all of these that are annotated as being Thanksgiving types of psalms. Some psalms are hymns, and hymns are those kinds of songs that just glorify God for how great he is. There are wisdom psalms, which kind of cross, you know, cross between the psalms and the proverbs that we'll be talking about here in a few moments. There are kingship psalms. Why is that significant, you think? I told you that the general theme of the entire book is boiled down to the Son of God. And the Son of God is none other than Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Yes? So David's writing these, and there are some that are pretty interesting in that if you read it, you think, wait, is he talking about himself? But what you find out in the New Testament is... Yeah, there was a link to himself as being king, but there is another king coming, and of course that's Jesus. Uh, entrance ceremonies, like we talked about ascension-type psalms where actually the group is headed to worship, and as they are climbing the hill to get into Jerusalem, they are singing these songs, getting themselves ready. Enthronement songs praises God for the king and for his being placed on the throne, and the likelihood is that during the ceremony of anointing the king, guess what? They're going to be singing these kinds of psalms. Uh, songs of Zion. Zion is kind of the metaphorical word, the code word for Jerusalem, but I mentioned that there were three mountains that Jerusalem is sitting on. The primary mountain is, guess what? Zion, Mount Zion. So uh, typically when you have a larger group than those who are smaller within it, just kind of go, <clears throat> go by the name of the bigger group. Psalms of confidence, I trust God. And those are great ones, right? Maybe, maybe uh, when you have a special time of exhilaration, you remember God, you just turn to one of these. Uh, prophetic Psalms, you'll find those are going to be mentioned again in your New Testament scriptures, many of them several different times. And then what you would call liturgical psalms, these just are responses to the worship mindset that you take when you're approaching God. Okay? Now, the next one is a little more detailed. Subject categories in the psalms. 
Um, uh, we break it down in all sorts of different ways, and there are special psalms. Some are one-offs, like Psalm 90, right? Uh, the psalm that Moses wrote, depicting God's uh, caring hand over their journeys in the wilderness. And so there's a lot, lot going on right there. Um, you have divine characteristics. Just about everything you can think about related to God is expressed in one way or another through the Psalms. And so I've listed a lot of those and places in the Scriptures where you can find them mentioned. And then finally, human characteristics that are represented in the Psalms. You know, if you have problems with being confident, you can look up Psalms that deal with having confidence and encouragement that you can take in knowing that God is with you. Okay, so Ken, what, what can I do with something like this? Okay, well, here are several suggestions. I'm going through something. I get my little booklet out here. I find, I don't know, I've got enemies. Okay, I've got enemies, and I, I don't know how to deal with my enemies. So I, I pick one of those psalms. Let's say Psalm 6, for instance. Okay, Psalm 6, verse 10 is going to deal with my enemies, but before I, before I go over there, here's what I'd like you to do. Go right here and remind yourself what that psalm generally is about. Psalm 6 is titled, The Cry of a Broken Heart. So in time of sickness, bitter grief, tears, humiliation, shame, and reproach by enemies, probably an account of David's sin with Bathsheba, you know he's getting the kickback from that sin. You have David expressing himself how he feels about that. Well, how do I, how do I deal with circumstances that have happened in my life? Okay, I came to that thinking about how I deal with my enemies. I brief myself right here in short form about what that psalm is. I go to that psalm and I read the whole psalm. And then I see how dealing with enemies kind of fits within the framework of a lot of different things that are setbacks in my life. And then when you read through that and you've prayed over it, you are going to come back and you are going to do what with your enemies? I will vanquish them with the sword. No, no. You are going to love your enemies. Yes? Okay? You're going to be praying for your enemies. And you're going to remember that life is bigger than just one little element that is causing me heartburn right now. Yeah? The Psalms, if nothing else, help us to keep a mind on the big picture. There might be some stuff in my life that is like mud that is miring me down. But with confidence and trust in the Lord, I know that ultimately I'm going to do what? I'm going to pull right through it. So my suggestion to you is kind of like, you remember, remember when we went over how to read a book? How that you go to kind of the, you know, the, the index you, you, or the, the table of contents, you see how it lays out first. Kind of get the, get the layout. That's what this part is, the reader's guide. Just kind of get the layout. I know it's got five different books, but they're not all kind of dealing with the same theme. So there's a mix of things I'm going to deal with. So I have that mindset. I know that most of what David wrote is in the first book. I know that there are a lot of interesting people that are involved in the third book and then the last couple of books 
expands throughout the history of Israel, even to the time of the Babylonian captivity and return from that. So I'm going to kind of keep my mind open to all that's happening with Israel. That's the big picture. And then I have it broken down, each one of the Psalms. Uh, practically every single Psalm has a little blurb about it to remind you of the reading that you did. You've already read this book, right? And so now you just kind of get that, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. And then as you deal with subject matters, you can go, I want to look up a certain little thing. Oh, but wait a minute, what's that book about? First of all, let me get my context. And then as I have the context, I see how that fits within the framework of what the psalmist is expressing. And then as a result of that, I get the benefit. I get a better understanding. Now, warning, there are imprecatory Psalms. Does anybody know what an imprecatory psalm is? An imprecatory psalm is the one that I was joking about a moment ago where we're going to cut our enemy's head off. Okay? Psalmist comes out and like, I am going to absolutely let my enemy have it. Okay? That's the idea. But by the time you get to the end, he has reconsidered that. I don't, I don't, I don't personally know David, but do you get the idea, especially David, that David could be kind of quick-tempered, just react to a situation? I know he did that a lot when he was young, and it just seems like there's, there's kind of a theme to that, Lord, help me to control myself and do the right thing, okay? And when I'm wrong, I admit that I'm wrong. I love the heart, but... Because he's very quick to act, you've got, you've got all kinds of different circumstances you're dealing with with him, just because he messed up a lot. But that helps us, doesn't it? Helps us, again, to put things in perspective and to act, I think, in a way, look, none of us are perfect. We are not. If we think that we are perfect, then we are misguided. We are we're fooling ourselves. We're not perfect, and we do make mistakes. But but the thing that we're striving to do is to have the kind of heart that says, yeah, I, I own it. I did that. And I need help, Lord. I need help getting over this and being better in the future. That's how we do it. We make a mistake, and we get up, and we do better the next time. Okay, any questions about the Psalms? You're, you're reading it, and up to this point, uh, I'm thinking, here, here's my... Here's my desire. We've gotten through the book of Job. Everybody's read the book of Job. I'm not asked for a show of hands, so if you haven't done it, wink, wink. But we've read through the book of Job and kind of got the picture of how people interact with God. They, they can have misunderstandings about how God really does things, but in the end, what I love about Job is, despite even a misunderstanding of, of God and holding to his rights, he also held to something else, and that is trusting God. Uh, even though he had a wrong view of how things were really going, he still trusted God, so that's helpful. And then we, we see how misguided friends can cause problems, but then you got, you know, a, a helpful younger man comes in at the end, and he kind of reboots the whole thing and puts the emphasis on the fact that they weren't right, but Job, you're not right either. You're not perfect, and you don't demand things of God. You are thankful for God's help, no matter it's 
what we would call a positive blessing or it is a setback in your life. As long as we stay true to the Lord and hold on to our faith, God is not going to forsake us. He's going to be right there the whole time. Okay, so let's think about the Proverbs for a little bit. That's, that's our next section. And if there were any of these books that are patently wisdom literature, it would be the Proverbs. So what, generally speaking, I'm not just talking about the book of Proverbs, but generally speaking, what is a proverb? Proverbs tend to be, number one, short and sweet, okay? Or pointed, we could say that. They get right to the point. There's no, none of this developing the theme and kind of getting to it. It's just a quick statement, all right? Uh, what else? What do they tend to deal with? Everyday kind of issues, right? Just a short little statement, a little pithy statement that deals with situations that we face. Now, that's either I've observed that this is true or I've experienced that this is true. Uh, is the Bible the only place that you would find a proverb, for instance? I mean, with that definition. I wanted to share something with you because I was at a Chinese restaurant the other day and I got a fortune in my cookie. Sometimes I read the wrong side and they're just lottery numbers. Those are not helpful to me. I hope they wouldn't be helpful to you either. Uh, but that aside, uh, on the flip side of it, it said this, judge each day not by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds you plant. I thought, that's a good one. That's a good one. I, you know what verse in the Bible that is? I don't either. But it's still wise, right? And my point there is, things are wise typically because people observe things that happen or they experience things, and then they say, do this, don't do that and you'll be successful. That would be a proverb. What is the difference between what I found in my fortune cookie and what you find in the book of Proverbs? What's the difference? Okay. Ding, ding, ding. What I find in the book of Proverbs is inspired of God. Now, again, I, I will then ask, what's the difference between a divine proverb, which we will find actually deals with practical things like everyday living. What's the difference between a divine proverb and a wise? I mean, that was wise what we read there. What's the difference? Okay, the person who wrote it, absolutely that's true. But there, I think there's something else. Uh, that proverb that I read to you, human proverb, good advice, good advice. What I read from the scriptures is eternal advice. That is going to be advice that is always going to be in effect. Now, some proverbs are very general, like Proverbs 22, verse 6. You train up a child in the way he should go when he's old, he'll not depart from it. We typically think, well, 
that means that they should grow up and be faithful. Well, I know of circumstances where the parents seemed to do a great job when the children became adults, they didn't hold on to it. That, that's, really not, that's really not what's being expressed there. What's being expressed is you train them up, and when they get old, they're not forgetting what they learned from you. And it might be that they kick against it and never come back. Okay, that happens. But the likelihood is because you took the time to instill it in them when they were young, what happens when they get old? Even if they go astray, it's still going to be right there. They are always going to remember what it is that they were trained to do or the expectation that was there for them. Those are divine proverbs. God says, of all the things that I could say, these are the things that are of special import. Now, to me, it's interesting. We don't do it as much anymore. Like, I don't know, the closest thing I can think of is today people do those Sudoku challenges. Those are number challenges. Or maybe you do the Wordle thing where you choose the letters, you get six chances. Sometimes I get those in seven chances, but... <laughs> but they're, they're little mind teasers, little challenges. Okay, w there's all kinds of things. You like to do crossword puzzles or a find a word thing, whatever. Those are mind games that we play. And a lot of times they're very simplistic. In the ancient Eastern world, those folks lived for allegories, for metaphors, telling deep stories with huge meanings, like, like parables, like the parables that Jesus taught. And they loved wise sayings that would come in the form of riddles or these, these proverbs. Now, for instance, when you read about Samson, a lot of people, when they think of Samson, they think, oh, you know, he had the brute strength and he goes around killing people and he's just off the rails constantly. But what do you know about him mentally? He was, wasn't he sharp? He was very sharp. I mean, everywhere he goes, he's like, okay, I got a riddle for you. And he comes up with these riddles just like it is nothing. And so here was somebody who was in tune and very good at developing these mind games. Well, the Proverbs are the ultimate mind game because not only does it not only does it pique our curiosity and our thought and the mystery sometimes that's around it, but it also teaches us eternal truths. You say, well, wow, if that's true. Now, now we think, first of all, this is from God. But how did God get all of these wise things on the page? He used the people best equipped to put them on the page. God did not waste his effort by giving Solomon incredible wisdom, did he? And who better to be used by God to produce documents of or containing wisdom? What's interesting here, when I say Proverbs and I say who wrote that, you say God first, and then you say, well, God used Solomon in order to pin it. That's partially true. Solomon writes two sections of the book of Proverbs. The first section that he writes is Proverbs 1 all the way through chapter 9. The second 
series of Proverbs that he writes begins in chapter 10 and goes through chapter 22 and verse 16, kind of right there in the middle of chapter 22. Then chapter 22 at verse 17, all the way through chapter 24, is attributable to just a bunch of different writers, uh, different people who apparently Solomon thought were pretty wise people and inspired by God. He puts those down there for our instruction, kind of dealing with a lot of day-to-day issues. Then chapter 25 through chapter 29, Hezekiah. Now, Hezekiah, did he live during the time of Solomon? Shake your head this way. No. Hezekiah, good King Hezekiah, lived about 225 years later. But Hezekiah was the guy who dug up a lot of stuff that had been written before. His inclination was to restore the nation of Israel's confidence and trust in the Lord. And so he kind of gets with the program, right? And God says, okay, Hezekiah, good King Hezekiah, good wise King Hezekiah, I'm going to impart wisdom to you such that he pins all those chapters. And then there are two kind of outliers. And folks, scholars, aren't really sure exactly who's doing it. There's a guy by the name of Agur who writes chapter 30. And then chapter 31 is written by a man who fashions himself King Lemuel. Some people think maybe both those guys actually were Solomon and he just used another name. You know, the mystery part of it all. We don't know because we weren't there. (laughs) And scholars, they all have an opinion about everything. I'm just kind of going to go with what the Bible says. One is Agur and the second one is King Lemuel. Okay, so Solomon writes a large portion of this book of Proverbs, at least through chapter 22, verse 16. But if you count them all up, you'll be like, now wait a second. 1 Kings chapter 4 and verse 32 said that Solomon wrote, you remember how many Proverbs? 3,000. He wrote 3,000 Proverbs. Anybody remember how many songs he wrote? uh, 1,005. So Solomon produced a bunch of stuff, but not all of it's here in the book of Proverbs. Why not? (laughs) Okay, could be. Not enough room. There's one idea. Okay, John... John had to condense his story because if he put it all down, what? The world wouldn't be able to contain the volumes. Okay, that's a good answer. I, I, come, I come with this thought. You know, Solomon was wise, and throughout his life, he was completely faithful the whole time. Yeah? No. Not all of those Proverbs necessarily, he wrote 3,000. Do all of those have to be inspired of God? No, he was just a wise man. People were like, wow, you're wise. Oh, he wrote all these. But the ones that are inspired, we are confident, are found where? Right here in the book of Proverbs. Okay, it looks like, yeah, our time's up. So let's have a prayer. Next time, we will finish up our little discussion. And Lord willing, I will have information for you to carry home uh, related to the book of Proverbs. Thanks for your attention. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and for your blessings Thank you for our time to be reminded of these great books at our disposal. 
uh, give, us the, give us the desire to read these things and to lay hold of your promise of wisdom. Pray that, Lord, you'll motivate us and give us success in that. And bless us now as we go from here to various activities. And if it's your will, you give us a new day. Uh, we are going to really make you happy with us as we glorify you and uh, exercise our faith. In Jesus' name, amen.